Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brennan McCullough and Whitney Nelson. How's everyone doing on this new year? Good. I mean, it's better than the last year, but <laughs> there's already been some shit, uh, what, five days into this year? So it's like, uh, we'll see, yeah. we'll see. Optimism. Fair enough. But uh, this is a video game for anyone who's new. Uh, that's the thing. I'm eager to hear from Whitney. We haven't had you on in a little while. Uh, what have you been playing these days? Um, I got another episode into Life is Strange. Um, so that was good. And then outside of that, I've pretty much just been playing. I uh, Hearthstone releases quarterly new like card packs that have introduced new mechanics and they have started introducing a new single player mode uh in those releases and i bought the like i bought a set of cards and whatever and opened them but then i never actually like built any decks or played with any of it or did the single player mode and um because i was gone for all of the holidays basically i was had my laptop with me and was playing a lot of hearthstone um because i didn't have my console so um yeah outside of another chapter into life is strange which it is a very good game <laughs> yes it really is uh which uh chapter are you on or episode um i think i just finished three, three. okay yeah. very cool so yeah that things are getting spicy yes they are <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know we have a lot of fans of that game on our show. In fact, a friend of the show, uh, and he's been on multiple times, The Melting Pat himself, Pat Johnston, he's currently uh, playing through that game. I think he might be close to beating it for the first time, and I'm eager to, maybe we'll have you both on at the same time to go through your thoughts on that, because I love revisiting it. It's such a classic, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm still curious to see how they can live up to with the second one. Whether or not the first game was just kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a fluke, but like a one-hit wonder maybe of like, because like Telltale had a very similar gameplay style and they burnt themselves out really fast with it and people yeah. got tired of it real fast. So uh, hopefully they can like keep it fresh enough to keep Definitely. interest. Well, and it's funny you mentioned Life is Strange 2 on the previous episode. I did hear the news that they did announce the release date for episode 2 of Life is Strange 2. So that's late January. I think it was like 25th or something like that. It's it's close to the Kingdom Hearts 3 release date. So that's something we can look forward to. I was saying I'm really hoping it kind of raises the bar compared to the first episode, which in traditional Life is Strange games seems to be the case that things get spicier as you go. So I'm really looking forward to see if I get more invested in that sequel. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just such a Life is Strange fanboy. There's actually the comics are out now too. I'm pretty sure volume two of that should be available too, or episode two. I'm not sure how they're phrasing it. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't... Hmm. I'm mixed with, like, all this extra content with Life is Strange coming out because I feel like they didn't plan on it. Kind of like the way the first Assassin's Creed came out and they're just kind of like, oh, this is a cool new, like, new IP. And then it exploded and they're like, oh, we need to, like, have, like, long-term plans and contingencies and, like, consistencies going for this. Because um, I feel like uh, Amber's character, like, no, spoiler for the first one, um, but there is the DLC where it's a prequel where you actually, like, get to play as Chloe and see her interactions with Amber and I feel like her character is much different between the DLC and the first game because they didn't plan on actually doing the DLC with her. I feel like they didn't think that far ahead of like, oh, this will be so popular, people want more of it. So I'm curious how, if the comics will do that, like, 
if Max and Chloe's characters will get like pretty drastically different in the comics than they are in the first game itself. Yeah, so. I just knowing the outcome of the first game, I was grateful that they even extended the universe a little bit, I, so to speak. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I haven't read the comics. I'm very interested in reading that, but I don't think we should go there because it's spoiler territory for Whitney. So yeah. we kind of yeah, just no. breeze past that. <laughs> I was starting to get really tense while you guys were talking there. <laughs> of course. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. no. Do not want to spoil anything remotely <laughs> related to that game because it's so uh, – you don't see it coming and it's great. Yeah. Um, but we can get off the Life is Strange topic. Uh, Brent, how about you? Is there anything that stood out to you this holiday season? We haven't talked to you in a little while. Yeah, uh, just dig into that Switch. I don't think I've played anything on my computer <laughs> since uh, Pony Island. Yeah, it was the last thing I got. Uh, I bought Banner Saga 3 during the Steam Winter Sale. Um, I still haven't played the second one. Cause I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I I love, like, oh, Banner Saga is a mixed bag for me because I love, like, everything about it. Story's great. Mechanics are great. Like, art is beautiful. Music is amazing. Like, I really have, like, no complaints about it. I'm just so bad at those games. It's, like, it's a tile-based, like tactics game like uh, XCOM and stuff where you have to like really plan ahead and like oh he does that so then I'll do this and I'll counter that and then this guy will get that and like I can think maybe three steps ahead and that's my limit I can't go beyond that so I'm just so bad at it so it's just so hard for me like I played I think a few minutes of the second one and the first battle I just got my shit kicked in like three times in a row it's like all right I gotta I gotta I gotta step away I gotta take a break so like I love everything about the banner saga it's such like a cool world and it's done so beautifully. Yeah. But God, am I terrible at it? <laughs> so like, I will get to the third one eventually. Like that is without a doubt. It's just there's there's easier games <laughs> like Kirby and like colorful stuff. Uh, so yeah, I mostly been playing a uh, Switch uh, with the whole flying home for Christmas and stuff. That's been my main go to right now. Yeah, in um, fact, I, I'm on my Switch a lot lately, too, because I've got a bunch of games to over the holidays, but yeah. that's the thing. I can see who's online and what they're playing, and one game that I saw you're playing is a game that's come up on our show multiple times, and I'm super jealous, and here I am buying, like, bigger, more expensive games, and I could have just got this indie title that I really want, but you're playing Grease. How is it? It's visually stunning and beautiful. That's about it. Oh, no. And I, I mean, was kind of afraid of that. But, okay, gameplay-wise, though, how does it feel? It, it feels pretty good. It's, weirdly enough, it's kind of like Kirby. Um, you get one power at a certain point, you can turn into a big, like, heavy stone. So you can just, like, jump up and then plop down. But there's no, like, enemies or anything. It's very clear that what they set out to do with this game is to be a very beautiful watercolor sort of game. It's, like, the visual is the top priority of this game. And it shows because yeah. it's done beautifully, wonderfully. It's the one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Um, really high contender for like video games or art argument that always comes up every now and then. I but, saw like, a lot of reviews talking about how it tackles um, grief, and I don't know if you've played enough to get into that part of the story. But that's the, all the reviews that I saw about it because I've been actively watching it because I really love the art style so much, but I haven't started playing it. Yeah. Um, was that the story is all about how people handle grief. So, like, I don't know if it just starts really slow or if it just doesn't actually have that much of a story. Um, but all the re every single review talked about that, so I was curious if you'd come across that at all. Kind of. I mean, I beat it. It's only, like, three to four hours, so like okay. you can knock it out real fast. Um, I played most of it on the flight back. 
Okay. Um, but like, I, that's the thing. I don't want to be too critical of it. Cause like, I might just be too dumb for it. Cause there's definitely like the themes going on and like some sort of narrative. I have no idea what it is. As far as mm-hmm. I can tell, it's just the game starts out. The main character loses her voice. Like she's singing and then it just gets cut off. Um, and then the whole world is like black and white or black and like grayscale. Um, and then it's just you slowly getting colors back into the world, like, bit by bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's all I can tell. Like, once again, I might just be too dumb for it and just not have caught it. Um, so, it story-wise, it's just, like, y- you bring colors back. And there's this, yeah. like, weird black blob thing that, like, attacks you from time to time. But that's about it. It makes me think of The Little Mermaid with Losing Your Voice and that one movie that I, the name escapes me where, yeah, they they live in the black and white town and then, like, they get color back. Do you not, do you guys recall that? Oh, man. That uh, it's like familiar. something it town. It sounds familiar, yeah, but like, I can't, yeah. I know, right? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but no, I, I'm sure our listeners know, tweet at us if you happen to know that movie, but it just reminds me of that. But that's an interesting concept for a game. I definitely want to play it myself to see if I catch on any of those themes that you're talking about that might have went over your head, but I'm not sure that there's anything like concrete there. It could just be more or less meant to be the visual masterpiece that it is. Yeah, because like, there's no other characters. Like It's your, the character you play as. Um, some like wildlife, like you see fish and some birds and stuff every now and then, and then like then that big black monster thing that is kind of the villain and like hunts you down, and then that's kind of it. So there's like no dialogue, there's no real interactions with anything else. So it's kind of like tough to tell a story with like one character and one antagonist. But um, gameplay wise, it's like solid. It's like a simple platformer. You get different abilities like double jump and. Like I said, you turn into a block. Um, eventually, you can swim at a certain point, and she turns into like almost a stingray sort of shape while swimming. It's very beautiful, and like I recommend it because it's I think twenty dollars or maybe less than twenty dollars. Uh, it's like three or four hours, but like it's it's very striking, and like it'll very very much in- invoke uh, certain feelings from some people. I see some people saying like, "Oh, it's one of the top five games of the year for like twenty eighteen, like easily." Uh, it isn't for me, but I, I can see why someone would do that, and um, it's definitely hitting home with a lot of people. So I definitely recommend it. It's a very good game, but it's just it's it's short, and I don't want to say simple, but like it's not very complex, at least gameplay wise. So that makes sense. Yeah, I enjoyed and- it though. That's kind of makes me uh, happy in my decision making because I I was looking for more or less a longer game experience when I was on the Nintendo eShop. I'm like, what should I get for myself other than the games that I already got for Christmas? I'm like, I just had a a real itch to play Pokemon Let's Go Eevee Mm -hmm. and I I just ended up buying it. And I remember like right before hitting purchase being like, should I just say, fuck it, not get Pokemon and get Grease instead? I'm really happy with Pokemon. I've been like spending so many hours in it. It's such a great nostalgic trip back down memory lane of what like red, green and yellow was like or blue. Yeah, there was no green, was there? Uh, yeah. Leaf green. Okay. That's what I'm mistaking it. But, um, I thoroughly enjoy revisiting the Pokemon world. The graphics are incredible. There's some really good quality of life improvements. Like um, you can have your like Pokemon travel with you outside of their Pokeballs. So like they'll be following you around. And like, sometimes if you're walking in a specific area, they can like have like an exclamation point go over, over their head. And if you go talk to them, they like find an item for you. And it's just, is it, is it 
any Pokemon could do that? or Because I know with uh, Sun and Moon, it was like certain ones were like utility animals, like you could ride them and stuff. But it was I'm only pretty specific sure ones. this is any, and that's the oh, thing. Cool. I haven't tested it with all, but there's a few. Like, for instance, I have a Ninetales. I evolved my Vulpix to a Ninetales, and I have that, like, following me around. So that's, like, a larger Pokemon that just happens to be following me around. Um, and that's the cute thing about your Eevee. If you pick the Eevee edition, um, he'll just, like, travel around on your head. He'll just literally <laughs> sit on your hat. So, like, that one's mm-hmm. always with you. Um, and that's another thing about, like, yeah, you were saying with, like, the special techniques and moves that they would do to, like, fly, swim, cut, and all of that. Um, this game makes it really easy that your Eevee specifically will learn all of those, that you, the important ones you need for, like, uh, fast travel and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. But there is one thing that I'm really upset about, because this whole time I'm like, yeah, I want Pokemon Let's Go Eevee because I can evolve my Eevee into, I don't know, the whole variety of Vaporeon, Flareon, Jolteon. I think they even do Umbreon and the other one, too, uh, for Dark well, and... There's I yeah, the Umbreon, Espeon, Leafeon, Glaceon, and then Sylveon's the newest one. I think those last type. three... They don't do, though. I, I'm not okay. 100% sure. I think it depends on which stones you have available. But that's the thing. So this whole time, I'm like, well, I have a, a variety of ones to choose from. I'm thinking I'm going to go Vaporeon just because uh, growing up, that was my favorite next to Jolteon. And here I get a water stone for the first time in the game. I go, It says, yeah, Eevee's compatible. You go to give it to him, and it's like, Eevee doesn't like it. And I'm like, well, is it, <laughs> is it because it's just a water stone? And so I ended up buying all the different types of element stones, and they're not cheap. It's like a thousand whatever yeah. the currency is. Um, and then he didn't like any of them. So I ended up Googling <laughs> it, and it's just like, I'm like, do I have to be a certain level? Do I have to give him something special? Some people were saying you have to give him a certain amount of Eevee candies, but oh, bottom line, your the original Eevee you start the game out with cannot evolve. It is it is going to be an Eevee forever. forever. And I'm ah. like really annoyed about that, because early in the game, there was a chance to catch other Eevees. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I and got one. I, I know, and I wish I would have caught one of those other ones and uh, leveled it up, because that's the whole reason I even won an Eevee. So it's just frustrating that the Eevee I start out with, I have really high level, but has to remain an Eevee, and it's just like, why would you do that to me? But Ash never evolved his Pikachu, because of their friendship. Yeah, I think that's more or less what they're thinking. Yeah, and probably the same goes for Let's Go Eevee, or uh, Pikachu. You probably can't evolve Pikachu into Raichu, so it's just annoying it's just a small little thing like that that was just like really but in good news literally just last night i caught a snorlax for like the first time i spent so many hours like i i had a save point right when you meet the snorlax he's sleeping you use the pokey flute to wake him up and the way in this one works it is more or less like pokemon go in the sense of like you use like gestures to throw your pokeballs at them and hope for the best but with a snorlax you do have to fight it before you just start throwing pokemon balls at it all the other pokemon you encounter in the wild that's another quality of life improvement in as you're like walking through the tall grass you would typically just have random encounters this time mm-hmm. you see the pokemon walking around so you can go approach the different ones that you want to catch so that already is just like great improvement it makes yeah. the game go by a lot faster especially if you're traveling through caves and shit where like oh, every God. other step you'd have like a fucking zubat. zubat or some shit it's not like that at all anymore so huge quality quality of life improvements but all the Pokemon you typically just run into like that, you just start throwing Pokeballs at. There is no battle involved. But with the Snorlax huh. and certain, like, I guess maybe legendary Pokemon, Special you ones. will have to battle them down all their health, and then you get the opportunity to catch some of the Pokeball. And for the most 
part, you're probably going to need to use something like an ultra ball because they're like really hard to catch, uh, if not a master ball, which I haven't even encountered just yet. Um, I have four badges. I'm really making progress. Most of my Pokemon are in like the level 30s. Uh, nothing has hit 40 just yet. But yeah, mains are Eevee. Uh, I ha- just got a- evolved into a victory bell. And I'm thinking Graveler and a Pikachu. There's a few others in there, but I'm, I'm not really sure. So loving Pokemon. And I highly recommend anybody who has any nostalgia for the game that's holding out on this edition. I remember when it first came out, I'm like, I'm not going to buy that. I have no interest in this. And here I am. It's like one of my favorite games. So like, that's just me in a nutshell with the Switch. It's just like everything's turning my expectations and I'm having a blast. Yeah, I know a few friends that got it and are just playing a ton of it. To, like you said, despite playing hundreds if not thousands of hours of Pokemon already and going back and being like, this is just everything about it's better than the other ones. Um, It's funny because I took a lift to get home to record this episode and um, somehow my lift driver and I started talking about games and he he talked for 10 minutes about how good Pokemon is for the Switch. And he, he, he was talking about how he's was he used to have his switch with him in the car when he was doing lift drives so if he didn't get a ride he could play but he was yeah. getting too into it that he was getting <laughs> upset when he was getting a ride so he stopped carrying it with him but he was saying that it's like it's all this stuff that you remember but just better and so it's funny that because i was literally just having this conversation right before we started recording it with the <laughs> that's driver. great it's absolutely true and there's a couple other really cool improvements like um uh, for instance, you'd have to always go to like a PC to transfer your Pokemon. It's like, well, in the day of age of uh, Pokedex and having like cell phones in your pockets, it's just like you have a Pokemon box in your pocket. So you have access to them at all times. You don't have to get to a Poke Mart or not Mart, uh, the Poke like place where they heal you. Um, Poke Center. Oh, that's it. Yes. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, and that's the thing. Now that I caught this Snorlax, I want to see if I can have him outside of the Pokeball and have him follow <laughs> me around because he's enormous. So that'd be really funny to see if the game will let me do that. But I have a feeling there are certain uh, restrictions there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen people riding around on Onyx, like screenshots of that. And yeah. I think Onyx is the biggest one of the original 150. Um, from what I've seen Snorlax, I don't know if it's like a special like traveling ability or something or if it's just this is what happens when he's walking around. Um, but I've seen Snorlax walking around, and then the trainer, and then Pikachu like grabbing onto his belly, like a like a baby koala or something. And then Snorlax, Snorlax is the one you control and stuff. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe they, there is a specialty to it because he's not a legendary Pokemon in the Pokemon world, but he is in the games. Like there's only one Snorlax in the first game that you can catch. Yeah, so. exactly, and that's why I was so hell bent on catching him. And that's another that's another improvement they made is that it does integrate with Pokemon Go. So if, let's say for some odd reason I caught a, a Snorlax on my phone in previous uh, months and I just had one, I could transfer that Snorlax to my account and not have to go through the headache of trying to capture a Snorlax in the Switch game. So I was like, that's cool. It doesn't really uh, make me want to play Pokemon Go anymore, though, because that, <laughs> that just... I don't know, that trend died, and I'm sure people are still playing, but to me, it just wasn't doing it for me. Uh, when I went home, my dad actually picked up Pokemon Go again, because he, he has a work phone, so he's like, ah, I don't want to get in trouble with work for this, and he's like, ah, fuck it, everyone else has it, so he re-downloaded it, and we were just like sitting at home, he's like, God, I remember when I stopped playing, there's fucking nothing around here, like, we're in the middle of nowhere, yep. the Pokemon Go game, and there's like a bunch of Rattatats and maybe an Oddish here and there, and that's it. It's just like, God, this sucks. 
Yeah, that's how it was for me. But now that I'm at a new home, I haven't played since. So I'm curious if there's any like cool Pokemon around here. Maybe I'll just install it just for fun and try to just transfer one. Yeah, just to do it and see how it goes. But that that'd probably be the extent of it. I don't foresee myself getting that much more into Pokemon Go than I was originally. Yeah, I did see. Um, there's a Twitter account, Film Critic Hulk. That's a guy who I think he stopped now, but he used to review movies as the Hulk from like <laughs> Marvel movies. Nice. Um, but uh, he started picking up uh, Pokemon, and he picked up, uh, I think, Let's Go Pikachu. And it was the first time he's ever looked into Pokemon, like, ever touched it or something. And it's just, like, a very entertaining thread of, like, watching people experience Pokemon for the first time that aren't children. Yeah. And just being like, what the hell is this? What the hell is that? What is that? Because he's just like, oh, it's literally just cute dogfighting. And it's like, yeah. That's all it is. Oh my gosh. Uh, One podcast I got to shout it out, and I'm sure listeners of our show know of this show, uh, Comedy Bang Bang. They had a best of episode recently that uh, featured one of the episodes with Zach Rhino uh, as Dash Grabham being a Pokemon master. And he was just basically spouting off like real Pokemon facts to these full grown adults who have comedians who have no idea about anything Pokemon. And it's an absolute (laughs) delight to listen to. So I definitely recommend that. It's one of those things where it's like, it was just so incorporated with like our generation and like a group of people. And then if you just take like one or two steps back, you just go, the fuck it. What, what are we doing here? Yeah. They, they basically came to the conclusion like, so you're enslaving these animals and yeah. forcing them to fight. It's like, Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it was like, they're not animals. Like some of them understand human speech. It's like, Oh, so they're like conscious beings. So you're just, it's literal enslavement. It's like, yeah, uh, I just caught a Mr. Mime and it was uncomfortable, but it's, at oh, least boy. I caught him. It's, God, what, <laughs> I like how quickly the, just the whole Pokemon Corporation just sweep Mr. Mime under the rug. I'm just like, yeah, let's forget about that guy. Let's just move on real quick, like, first gen. And then there's a pre-evolved form, like, Mime Jr., I think, really? with, like, Diamond and Pearl, or Diamond and Crystal, maybe. And it's just like, this doesn't make it better. This feels weird. Like, it's just a child weird. now. It's, Yeah. But. Oh man, but I do recommend it, and I'm trying to think anything else that I've been playing. Mainly, I did, and this is probably news to Bren because the latest episode hasn't aired just yet uh, for us recording. But uh, I did get uh, Wheel of Time, and or God, I said every time I always say it wrong. <laughs> the Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. I don't know what's my problem because I have all the Wheel of Time books right next to me, so I guess I'm just like I don't know. It's ingrained in my brain, but yeah. uh, I I am playing those games. They aren't living up to expectations if you do listen to the last episode i was ex- i was complaining about how they don't have the rights to alex trebek patch sajak or vanna white so it's all just like just random hosts you've never seen before new voices it's an uh, all multiple choice it's just a goddamn mess like i'm not enjoying it at all but i no, i am enjoying it because it's 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 jeopardy and i really do love jeopardy i feel like but it's just frustrating. I feel like the Wii version was probably better because they did have Trebek there and it was more or less an autocomplete and you have to like use your brain to come up with the answer instead of like pick from these three, which clearly one of them is correct. I I mean this sincerely, Doug, and I don't mean to poke fun, but I believe you might be the only person on the planet with any expectations yes. for Wheel of Fortune <laughs> and Jeopardy on the Switch. No, you're not wrong. Okay, that's another thing that came up. The games have online features and I've, there, you can't get online like nobody's playing this game other than me but no the funny thing is just the other day i did just for shits and giggles i'm like i'm gonna try it again even though every time i try to get an online match i just wait for like 15 minutes and nothing happens i did it the other night and i got into one and there was like two other people i was playing with and it like gave me faith 
that somebody out there is playing this game other than me. So, but it's also. I think an issue with the Nintendo Switch and only being able to create matches with local people who are playing. So like, God, there could be plenty more people playing, but if they're not that localized to me, I might not be getting into matches. I'm not sure how that works, but either way, I I lost that online match. So it was like, God damn it. But I, I'm at least, I don't know. It's Jeopardy. I enjoy it. I, if you have any interest, uh, that was the thing. It was 50% off. Uh, my girl, my fiance got it for me as a gift. So it's originally $40. I don't think it's worth $40, even for two games. But if you get it for 20, it's absolutely worth it. I, yeah, it's always confusing with the online features. Cause it seems like, I don't know. I didn't play it. I, I haven't heard too much about it, but I feel like Splatoon 2 online was like pretty good or like not laggy and like it worked pretty well. But then, like, every other game on the Switch online just seems, like, real hit or miss. And Smash is atrocious. Like, they, yeah. g- they gave us the warning back in, like, October or whatever. Like, <laughs> hey, the online's going to be ah! And, like, just trying to play it out here where, you know, I'm in a city. It's full of people. Like, there's probably a bunch of people playing Smash pretty close to me. It's still real, real laggy. So, like, it sucks. <laughs> the online yeah. for Switch sucks. And it's very unfortunate because... Uh, yeah, going back home, like our, the biggest thing for us was uh, getting together with some of my buddies and playing Smash locally because we can't play online because it's just like it's so busted. Right. Also, Palatina's bullshit. I don't know if anyone's listening to this out of my friend group, but Palatina's bullshit. Oh, <laughs> a, why? A buddy of mine like unlocked her to that day when we started playing and he just cleaned house. Like, he just kicked our shit in because no one knows how to fight her because no one plays her. But she's such a crazy zoner. It's just like, oh, how, I, I don't know how to approach her. It just It was frustrating because it's just one of those, like, characters no one plays. and th- You don't have a strategy for her yet. Ooh, but, the strategy is to play as her. I mean, it, that's what worked. So, it's, you know, <laughs> to be fair, he wasn't, like, cheap or anything, like, just, like, edgeguarding or anything. Like, he was playing her legit. It was just frustrating. <laughs> gotcha. But, well, yeah. I think that does it for the games we've been playing, but oh. there is some news, though. Oh, what's up? You got more? Yeah, more. Uh, well, I got Breath of the Wild and Bayonetta 2 for Christmas. Ooh, nice. I just, like, dipped my toe in Breath of the Wild, because it's, like, 70 hours to complete. Yeah, so, that's like, all you can do. You dip your toe in, like, I'm, 500 I'm, times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go full force into this yet, because I want to beat the other stuff. Bayonetta 2 is apparently, like, 10 hours to beat, so I'm going to try and knock that out, maybe this weekend. Um... Because that's much shorter than I thought it was. But I hear it's better in every way than the first one. And I love the first one. So this should be good. Um, but then I got maybe like five or six hours into Hollow Knight previously. Because I bought that a while back. Um, and then last weekend I probably played like for like 25 to 30 hours of it. And just knocked it out. And just nice. really wrapped it up. And holy shit. Is it, for anyone that doesn't know, it's Dark Souls for Bugs. Everyone in the game is like a little bug creature, hmm. um, and it's just Dark Souls, and it's fucking amazing. Both Dark Souls in combat and like world building, because there's the map is enormous, the lore is expansive. Like it's just crazy how much detail there is in this, and it's every time you unlock a zone, you're like, all right, this is the end of it, and then you find like a little corner, a little nugget in the corner, and you're just like, oh, what's this? And it unlocks like a third of the map, and you're just like, oh fuck, <laughs> like. <laughs> To the point where it's like, oh, here's a new area. It's like, oh no, I I thought I was done because it's just so big and the the quick travel in it is kind of a pain in the ass, and it only saves if you find like a checkpoint, which is like a bench, and that's when it fills in the map of where you've gone so far. 
So okay. it's just like you can risk going further into this uncharted territory where you don't know where the next checkpoint is. Or if you die, you get thrown way back. So like anytime you die, you lose a lot of progress and it's kind of demoralizing. You got to take a break from it for a bit. Yeah, but, sounds like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why I'll never play Dark Souls. Yeah, it's oh, so, so satisfying to win, though, Whitney. Like, yeah. I can't describe, like, I've beat I mean, all I, of them I, but Bloodborne. I believe that. I just, if I have to repeat something more than three times, I'm out. <laughs> okay, then, yeah, yep. these aren't the games for you. Right. No, I just know myself well enough to know that yeah. uh, I just don't have it in me. I get too frustrated too fast, and I just... I love everything about the games. Like, in theory, they should be right up my alley because I love the art style. I love just, mm-hmm. like... But I, I just can't do it. I can't spend a whole day learning how to fight one person to be yep. able to beat them. Yeah. It, it is definitely for masochists by masochists. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same with uh, with a Hollow Knight. There was one battle I probably spent a day on just mm-hmm. trying to fight this boss over and over and over again. And it's, you know, you can get his patterns down well, but then he'll randomly generate little bugs that just fly at you to, like, knock you off. And it's just like, oh, it just... So infuriating. But yeah, so there's like a, a few expansions that have come out since. I think like two or three. And it's kind of like, oh, you beat the main game. Do you want to go for the extra bosses? It's pretty much like a boss rush of like every boss you fought before, but now you can fight them again and they're harder. It's like, no, no, thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm done with this. <laughs> I enjoyed this game. I'm going to leave it on a good note and not hate it. So I uh, love Hollow Knight. It's fucking fantastic. But like some of those fights are just straight bullshit. And the developers know that. Because, goddamn. Uh, but yeah, that's most of what I've been playing, because that just consumed my life. That's fair, and that actually is a pretty good transition to this first uh, bit of news that I have. Um, the studio president of uh, From Software has announced that they're, well, hasn't announced, but there's two unannounced games that they're working on. So we have no information about these games, but they are working on two new games. I'm curious if they're IPs. If I'm pretty sure they said Dark Souls 3 was the last Dark Souls, so I'm not expecting another Dark Souls, but maybe it would be Bloodborne 2 as well as a new IP. Who knows yeah because i i'd be surprised if they did bloodborne too because like everyone just seems to say bloodborne is just like the pinnacle even amongst the dark soul games like bloodborne's the best one that's what they say uh so i mean you'll probably end up getting it <laughs> uh, i do have bloodborne i i need to play it more it's just it, it didn't I, that's the thing it played so differently from the dark souls games yeah. that it turned me off that i'm it, like oh man it's nothing like what i'm used to it's really, like, breaking down your, like, muscle memory and relearning it. Because, yeah, it is uh, so different. Um, but I, I I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if they did a Bloodborne sequel. But I would hope that they would just leave it alone and make it its own, like, thing. And just stand the test of time by itself. Versus yeah. turning it to another franchise. Because they do have that uh, Shadows Die Twice coming out uh, in March. That's right. Well, that one is announced. That's so announced. It's got to be something else. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious if they're able to break away from this gameplay niche style. Yeah, that dug genre. themselves in because it's like all these games that are coming out. And it's just like it's the same way like the Arkham com- uh, Batman Ark- Arkham Asylum Arkham City had its own combat, and just so many games started copying that. So when you're like, oh, how's the combat? It's like that's oh, it's Arkham combat, or like oh, it's Dark Souls combat. Like so many games have copied off it because it was just so fine tuned. Yeah. So. 
I'm curious if they're able to break away from this, or if games in general are going to break away from the Dark Souls style of combat, because even for Hollow Knight being a 2D, like, Metroidvania, it was pretty much Dark Souls where you just, like, yeah. poke it, run away, like, you know, dodge, 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 poke it again. They clearly paved the way for other games to follow in their path, but I'm sure there was games before Dark Souls that paved the way for them to come across yeah. that, too, that aren't as recognized. I, I think Dark Souls just, it made it stick by being how brutal and punishing it is, but then when you do finally beat someone, how satisfying it was. So, it's like we were saying, like, it's, you'll be fighting a guy 37 times in a row, just, you know, snapping your controller in half, but when you beat him, when you finally beat him, ooh, it's satisfying. <laughs> and it's it's a mix of that with that specific style of combat, I think, that uh, makes Dark Souls stand out. Definitely. But yeah, that's something to look forward to. Uh, maybe we'll have more news later this year. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, I have totally different subject change, so I didn't want to cut you off there. Are you? Oh, feel were, free. Were you wrapping up that one? <laughs> yep, no, all done with Dark <laughs> well, Souls. I think we talked about this when we di- talked about the Game Awards because the Switch announced Sayonara Wild Hearts. I finally saw the trailer for yeah. Sayonara Wild Hearts. And so I didn't realize, I think, when this was brought up before that the people who are making Sayonara Wild Hearts are the people who made Device 6 and Year Walk, which hmm. are two of the best, like, mobile device games ever made, oh, uh, in wow. my opinion. Uh, that's a bold statement, but I think that it's true. Uh, device 6 is incredible. I don't even know if you can still get it on mobile stuff, because it came out when the iPhone 6 came out. And it was specifically made to, like, incorporate all of the movement stuff that you could do by tilting your phone and having that that um, motion tracking. Um, and it was the first time that I ever really felt like someone looked at the console that it was going to be played on at, before they even started writing the story and said, what can you do with this and how can we make a story around this? And it's really good. And it's a mystery and it's kind of bizarre or whatever. And Year Walk is, is spooky, but kind of cartoony at the same time. I don't know. They're just two really, really good games. And I had no idea that Sayonara Wild Hearts is, this is the first console thing that they're making. Everything that this uh, company has done has been mobile games. And um, so anyway, I just got really excited about it. And I know that we had already brought it up a little bit when we we're talking about the game awards because it was revealed there, but I finally watched the trailer and then found that information out. And so now I am very excited about that game, but it is only being released on the Switch, and I don't have a Switch, so I'm bummed Ooh. about that. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, their mobile games do look fantastic. I'm checking them out right now, and it's a shame. I'm pretty sure those are only available on iOS, so it's like, yeah. no wonder that went under my radar. They both do look fantastic, and I'd be interested in trying them out. I might have to borrow a parent's iPhone for a night just to see if I can buy them and play them. They are both available for about three ninety nine on the App Store. So And they are, it, they are literally two of the best mobile games ever created so i definitely there's a third one that i hadn't played of theirs it's something about sailors um but device six and year walk definitely play if you haven't yeah and i remember sayonara wild hearts was the one i was fucking up because i was confusing it with some other game so i did a terrible job but this is the one where yeah it looks like these people with like masks and motorcycles of uh, the howling moons as a team like you take yeah. on different teams and stuff and what i don't know the, the artistic and looks every, really cool very and neon and every stage is set to a song of a custom written pop album Oh, wow. Shit. It looks crazy. I did not know that. I didn't know that until I started, like, doing more research into this. Like, I still can't even tell what the gameplay's gonna be like from the trailer or from... But it's such a big departure from the other stuff that they've made. But it looks like they're doing the same thing that they did for mobile, where they are 
really just I don't know it it looks crazy and I'm so excited for it that I'm gonna I I cannot buy a switch just to play Sayonara Wild Hearts <laughs> but I, I might saying. yeah no it definitely could be a persuasion factor one of the uh gameplay scenes kind of gives me vibes of like audio surf if people remember that that's like a real old throwback like pc game where you could upload your own music and it would like kind of just like go through like this interesting thing but then there's like i don't know you're running around as a deer you're fighting people with swords it looks really interesting Mm -hmm. i'm i'm super excited to play it too yeah it it doesn't look like there's necessarily one singular style of gameplay it seems like it varies around but it seems like the core focus might be sort of an infinite runner or like a where you're running down uh third person perspective behind the character seems to be a pretty consistent one and yeah you're either riding a deer on a skateboard or on a motorcycle or on something and collecting stuff as you're weaving around object or obstacles so that seems to be the core gameplay if i had to nail down but it seems like there's definitely other aspects of it too and uh with the switch they'll like you said, if they utilize the phones for it, I can only imagine what they can utilize the Switch for. Yeah. Maybe they'll I mean, force that's... you to change it from, like, the tablet mode to yeah, the Joy-Con exactly, mode to exactly. the TV mode. I have no idea that they will incorporate any of that because the trailer doesn't show any of that kind of stuff. But that's the sort yeah. of stuff that they did with Year Walk where there was, like, and Device 6, where there was puzzles that you could only solve if you turned the phone upside down or something like oh, that. Okay. And then, like... Uh, a clue would slide into place in the frame that wasn't there before or something like that. So I feel like the capability that they have to incorporate some of that stuff that they did for mobile games with the Switch is going to be really interesting if they do any of it. They might not. It might be, you know, just a straight game, but they might incorporate some of the, like, maybe you need an extra controller at some point or something like that. They might do something real wild with it, so... Uh. I'm going cool, to be following yeah. it, whether I get a Switch for it to play it or not. <laughs> well, I sure hope you get a Switch, just even for other games, because it's such a great console. And like I said, I was so anti-Switch, and now that I own one, I'm just like, everyone get a Switch, it's great. <laughs> it's been converted. Yep. Um, one other news topic I had that I wanted to just mention very briefly is because we're all fans of the McElroys. Uh, we had Justin on way back in the day. Um, they're actually going to be writing for Marvel Comics now. Uh, the War of the Realms Journey into the Mystery. They tweeted about it. So if that sounds like anything up your alley and you're a McElroy fan, fan of Marvel Comics, they're working together. So that's something you can look forward to. I'm hoping this year. I, I don't think they had any real release dates. I think it was more or less an announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I was surprised by this. Yeah, because, I mean, we, you know, Doug and I are fans of uh, Comedy Bang Bang. I know uh, Scott Ackerman, the host of that, has written for some Deadpool. But it's because I know there were some people on the Earwolf Network who were already Marvel writers who mm-hmm. weren't doing podcasts. Um, so, yeah, they kind of been in that way. Um, but this kind of seems like a out of left field for the McElroy's to be writing comics. But uh, AJ was telling me, like, I, I don't know what the War of the Realms is about. I don't know anything about this series franchise i don't know um but apparently it's like a very fantasy heavy one for marvel so it might be like the thor asgard sort of world um and if that's the case it makes sense then because you know they had the whole adventure zone which was all fantasy based exactly i feel like their success with their graphic novels there might have been some kind of catalyst to this decision part of i think they they made the right contacts when their graphic novels have been doing so well uh, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's really exciting, and I'm re- excited for them and for the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I – forgive me if we already did – forgive me if I've already talked about this, but the Hellboy trailer? Oh, just briefly, like, I think – and it does look good. 
I don't know. <laughs> the oh, more no, I look I at thought, it, the more I love. Oh no, I thought you were pro Hellboy. I'm pro Hellboy. I love Hellboy. I don't know about this. Uh-uh. Uh, I I'm a fan, but I'm not a fanboy where I won't just side with it regardless of what they do, just because it's Hellboy uh, property. Like if they fuck up Hellboy, I'll call them out on it. Because um, me and my brother were actually talking about this more over uh, Christmas, because he's the one who actually got me into Hellboy. He bought all the comics. Um, okay. And it's we we agreed that it's more of a detective noir series, and he just happens to be a big old demon. Like it's not a action packed superhero fighting comic series, and that's kind of what they're trying to make this movie out to seem like. And it's just the pacing's kind of off, and it's like I said before, it's real quippy based, and it's really colorful and loud, and there's a ton of stuff in it, and it seems like it's too much. But they're also trying to cover the last arc of the comic, which is like huge history filled one that like you can't just jump into out of nowhere like you kind of have to know the backstory of a lot of the characters to really grasp the full impact of it and just i don't know the more i look at this trailer the the less excited i am for it the david harbour being in it's not enough for me to forgive what might happen to it because i mean hell the ghost rider movies (laughs) fucking those are terrible (laughs) yeah no that's a true fan's perspective i just to me it looked like they're trying to breathe new life into it give it a little bit of a i don't know upbeat like comedy focus a little bit almost i don't know maybe i'm wrong in interpreting that i no, you're right that's this definitely what they're doing i just i don't think that's the right way to go with this because there is comedy in the hellboy franchise but it's it's usually very dry or very absurd it's not usually like there's one panel where it's just like uh abe sapien the fish guy walks in he's like oh hellboy what are you doing he's like he's got a gun and it's just a monkey with like a revolver it just shoots abe in the chest and like that's one of the more comedic moments because it's a monkey with a gun, but it's not. I don't know. Out of context, that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, fine, but it's it's more of the absurdity of it, and there's a lot of like Elder God Cthulhu shit going on in Hellboy's the universe and stuff, and it's just like there's so much backstory to all of it, and it's just like I don't know what they're doing with this, and I think they're they're putting they're trying to cram a two full of stuff to always. Always keep your attention on something new, so that way you're not thinking about it too long and going, "Wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense." So I see. Okay, I'm kind of underwhelmed by it. The more I look at it, and the more I sit with it, I'm not too thrilled about it. Well, are you going to go see it at least? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I said like, "Oh yeah, I'll see that for the hell of it," but then being out in LA, where you know a movie on a Saturday night can be like twenty bucks, I you know, definitely makes me second guess it more and more. Um. I don't know. I'll definitely have to. W- I'll. That's what I'm gonna wait for people's reviews of it. Not, not the general critics, but like the fans of the comics. And I know it's a different medium. I know it's a different story and stuff. But goddamn it, Guillermo del Toro just did it so well, and Ron Perlman just fit that so well. Like the first two movies are really good and still hold up. So I don't know. Yeah. And just well, seeing that in our show topics just like re- reignited that in me, and just like. Maybe it will pleasantly surprise you, but I'm not optimistic. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, We can wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, 
Glad to have you guys both back on the show. Where can our listeners find you, Whitney? You also have another podcast. I do. It's called Historical Hotties, and we talk about um, the dead people that we fancy. And <laughs> uh, uh, go listen to it. It's uh, Historical Hotties, anywhere that you get podcasts. Or we are at Historically Hot on all social media. And I am Whitney underscore Nelson on Twitter. And that's N-E-L-S-E-N if you want to follow me on Twitter. Such a professional plugger. How about you, Brent? <laughs> I'm going to devote my time for plugs to talk about the tweet that Pottermore recently made about in the old days before plumbing, wizards and witches would just shit on the floor and then spell it away. Wait, 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 this is, this is canon? <laughs> this isn't, I don't know how legit Pottermore is, because it's definitely devolved. <laughs> it was the thing that people were like, oh, what school are you in? And like, what American wizard school are you in? Like, that's what caught people's I mean, Pottermore initially. is owned by J.K. Rowling. Is it? Okay, so I guess yep. it's canon. Yep. I think someone said it was, like, said before, like, years ago. It's just been retweeted recently, so people are just finding out more and more about it. Um, but I guess it's canon that back in the early days of Hogwarts, wizards and witches would just shit themselves and then cast a spell to clean it away. Um, so you gotta That's live with that That's pretty burden. convenient. Yeah. Is well, it? I, I think I think the real thing about that tweet that gets me is the word that they use is vanish. They yeah. vanish it. That doesn't yeah. make it go away. That just makes it not visible. Yeah, I saw people speculating, like, is it now just invisible? Does it get teleported somewhere else? So it's not gone forever. It's just somewhere else. So are you just, like, sitting somewhere out in the woods, like, in Hogwarts, and you just see a turd drop out of the sky? Well, then, like, why would Hogwarts have a bathroom in the first epi- the first uh, movie or books? And there's all these bathrooms well, this is Lonely like, Myrtle and shit. It's this like, is, like, 200 years ago, back when, like, school was first founded. They, said okay. the, they didn't get plumbing until, like, the 18th century or something. But even if the school was first founded, if they built that castle, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe they're just teleporting the shit to the toilet. But, like, Greeks had plumbing? Like, there was plumbing around before then. There was yeah. plumbing around before then. There was plumbing right. around for a very long time. This is a weird plug. It's re- <laughs> 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 I just, I wanted to bring it up because I feel like it's getting passed around a lot. And if you guys like, what the fuck is this? Here you go. Here's where it comes from. It's this Pottermore tweet. And it awesome. just... It raises a lot of questions, and mm-hmm. it's just like, what's happening? It really does. They probably would have been better off not saying anything about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling has a uh, hard habit of doing that, of just like t- talking uh, too much and be like, yep, you could have just left it alone. She should have just stopped talking after the last book came out. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think a lot of people agree with that. <laughs> uh, anyway. She just keeps making it worse and worse and worse and weirder as she goes. Yeah. Oh, God, it's bad. It's and just- I hate it because I love her so much. And I love those books so much and that world so much. And she just did so much research and planning and whatever. She had so much planned out before she even started writing the first book. And there's so much that she's so talented. But she just has to stop talking. (laughs) It's the George Lucas effect. You did really good at first and now it's just getting worse and worse. Just keep your mouth shut. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) actual plug. Uh, I got another podcast. I got to record two of them this weekend because we lost an episode. Oh, it's going to be a long no. one. Anyway, it's called Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. And it's about anime. And it's me and my other anime-obsessed friend trying to convert our non-anime-obsessed friend into a weeb. And we watch three episodes of a show and try and gauge his opinion and just throw him full of those anime tropes that are really, really fucking weird. 
if you're not used to them. Yeah, so, they really are. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, listeners, go check out that show as well. Um, if you like our show, tell a friend, tell a family member, make sure you're subscribed. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, this year, I promise I will be doing some more Twitch streaming, so try to keep an eye out for that. And I'm just thinking, oh yeah, Missed Out Records, if you want to check out my record label, got a new compilation that dropped on the new year, so lots of new uh, free tracks you can listen to there. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, guys. We will be back next week, and see you then. See you. Bye.